0: again, we're starting this new sermon series called This Is Us. I'm going to do this one more time. How many of you have seen the TV show This Is Us? There's a pretty good group of people, many of you. It's really a fascinating show. Um, Parents, it is mature in some of its themes, just a little disclaimer there. But it's a fascinating show. If you haven't seen it, it is about a couple uh, who give birth to triplets, but one of the triplets very sadly dies in childbirth. And while they're there at the hospital, they adopt an orphan who had been left there. And what the show does is it goes back and forth between when the kids are little and and growing up and then now who they are as adults. So the first of the triplets, you have Kevin, who is living the bachelor dream. He has good looks and lots of girls and lots of fame and lots of money. But this guy is empty on the inside because he knows that he has been selling himself out for cheap laughs because he's an actor on a really lame and stupid TV sitcom show. And then you have the sister of the three, Kate, and the only thing she can see is how fat she is. And finally, you have Randall. That's the adopted one. One of them does not look like the others, but he goes looking for his biological father. There's a lot of love in this family, but the thing is, when you, when you watch the show, by the way, everything I just described to you, that's just the first episode, and it just boom, takes off from there. The show right away, from the first episode, you get the idea. You know what this show is all about. These three are trying to figure out who they are. So I looked up on the website. I wanted to see how they wanted to describe it to us. It says, everyone has a family, and every family has a story. This Is Us chronicles the Pearson family across the decades, searching for love and fulfillment in the present day. It reveals how the connections we share with each other can transcend time, distance, and even death. I mean, it's hitting on some pretty deep emotional human stuff, isn't it? And there's a reason why this show is so popular and why those of us who are watching it, we get so wrapped up in this show because (laughs) this is us, right? We see ourselves in these characters. We are looking for what they're looking for. We want to fall madly in love. We want that parent's or that sibling's approval. We all desire to love and to be loved because the truth is there is something deeper going on. There is something behind this. There is a bigger story. There is a bigger family. And it's when we're connected to that bigger story and to that bigger family, well, it really does transcend time and distance and even death. And of course, I'm talking about the Lord. I'm talking about having a relationship with Him. We're all searching, ultimately, whether you know it or not. That hunger, that ache in your heart, you're searching for God. You may not know it, but it's true. I want to go back to our first reading from Genesis 1. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. If you would notice, then, the plural pronouns and what He says. God is singular. We believe in one God, but he's also plural. There are three divine persons, to be exact. And that central truth of the Christian faith we call the Trinity. It's the name of our church and school, Trinity. The unity of those three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, means that God is family. And the message we want to hear is that God wants to be family with us. This is my favorite icon. Now, icons have often been described as a window into heaven. They come out of the Christian tradition, and they've been called the window into heaven. And here's what that means. You look at it as a sort of a picture, but as a picture, it's supposed to be more like a window that lets you peer into a deeper divine reality. There's something behind the picture. Now, in this particular icon, you have three angelic messengers, and it comes from the story in Genesis 18 when three messengers came to visit Abraham and Sarah and told them that they would have a son named Isaac. But Christians right away saw that in these three angelic messengers, there was a revelation of who God is, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so if this picture is supposed to help us then see that God is family, I want you to notice something about it. Right here, I'll point over here at this one. You see this spot right here at the table? That's your place. Right there. That's our place with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here we are, right here. This is us. That's God's desire. But there's an even better icon than this one. This window is intended to help us not just see or understand who God is and his desire to be family with us. This icon that he gave us is meant to help us actually experience it. So reading on in Genesis, it says, God created his man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, singular. Male and female, he created them, plural. It means that each and every one of us individually is meant to look like and reflect who God is, but that also we are made to reflect who God is in our relationships with each other, namely, especially as male and female, husband and wife, who then make children. You've got three in one family. Just like God, we're not made to be solitary or alone We're made for relationship. I think we know this. We're made for relationship. We want family and love. And what God did, the icon, the window, is that he created our human relationships with each other to reflect who he is and this deep desire within his heart to be family with us. In other words, in human love, we get that picture, we get that window into divine love. So what I'd like you to do with me is a little exercise here this morning. I want you to go back in the memory banks of your mind and pull up a memory, one of your favorite memories of your family. Maybe it's the family you grew up with. Maybe it's the family sitting with you right here this morning or maybe a different time in your family life, like when you were raising kids. And I want you just to kind of, again, pull that up from the memory banks and put it in the front of your mind. That perfect day that you spent together Maybe you were on vacation, celebrating a holiday or a family event like a wedding. Or maybe it was just an ordinary day. The point is that you, there you were. You were all together. And it was, it was awesome. In fact, as we do this, let's just kind of, if you would, just close your eyes. Pull up that, that memory from the memory banks. Bring it up to the front of your mind. And as it floods your mind... Do you notice how that memory floods your heart with love? Maybe he's even putting a smile on your face as you think about it. You can open up your eyes because you see right there is the window. That is the window into God's love, into what he wants you to experience with him. That, what you just remembered, is just a tiny little glimpse of the eternal life of the heaven that God has for all of us as his family. In the gospel reading, the last one that I read for you, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not abandon you without a family. And he goes on to say, my father and I, we will come and make a home with you. Now, a house is a structure, right? But a home... (laughs) A home is where the heart is, as we say. A home is where the family dwells and lives and makes those memories. God wants to come and make a home with us. He wants to be family with us. This is us. When the show says that we're all searching for love and fulfillment in the present day, it's because He has put that search in our hearts That desire in our hearts, that ache that's there, He wants us to search for Him. He wants us to come home. But those searching hearts are a lot of times broken hearts, aren't they? And one of the reasons why is because we put the cart before the horse. We try to fill this infinitely deep desire that we have in our hearts with finite, limited human beings. We try to find in each other what we can only find in God. Have you ever tried to make somebody your everything? As we date, we go out looking for our soulmate in life, right? The person we think is going to make us happy. Oh, and then we find them, and then we marry them, and then we find out that they don't always make us happy, right? Right? Oh, but you know, if he would just get his act together, or if she would just make this one change, then I would be happy. Or how about this one, those of us raising kids? Ever try to live your dreams through your kids? You pressure them and you push them, drive them to succeed, because it makes you feel like you're succeeding as a parent. The list goes on. The point is that every human being will inevitably fall short of your infinite expectations and your emotional needs because you are trying to make them into something they are not. You want them to be God and they're not. And if you're not careful, you will crush that person that you love. Now, some of us have families who, they have just flat out failed us. An unfaithful spouse that shattered our trust. Parents that they were never, ever happy with us. We couldn't please them. Siblings who are just downright cruel. Cruel. And then there's our issues, abandonment, the sting of divorce, alcoholism or other addictions. Some of us have been abused, verbal or physical or even sexual. This is us. This is us too. And so how are we supposed to experience God when it's like that. And yet, even the anger and the bitterness and the deep wounds that you have experienced that speaks to you, doesn't it? There's an injustice there. There's an injustice. You know, in your heart of hearts, you know, it's still, it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be better than this. This is not what family should be. We, even when we haven't experienced it, we still know what it's supposed to be. And there's something amazing about the human spirit that's so, it's like it's a fighting spirit that we have in us that just keeps on searching, that keeps on looking for that love and that fulfillment and just won't give up. What we have got to do is put the horse back in front of the cart. We make a mistake when we look at our human relationships and we say, God is like that. The good news is Is that we are not the definition. He is. God is not like our families. He is the family, and our families are supposed to be like Him. God is not like our spouse. He is the spouse. And husbands and wives are called to reflect His faithful, self giving love. He's not like your dad. He is the father. We dads and moms need to let our kids know that they are beloved sons and daughters and we are so pleased with them. He's not like your brother. He is the brother. And yes, that means we are our brother's and our sister's keeper. But when we get the horse in front of the cart, see, it's double good news for us. Here's the first piece. That when we have been deeply disappointed, deeply wounded by our families, in him we still have the chance to experience what family truly is. That thing that you are searching for in your heart, you get a chance to really experience it. God says, even if your father and your mother would forsake you, I will never leave you. That's his promise. And the second thing comes out of that one. That when we get that, when we get the horse in front of the cart, when we let God define what family is for us, then that begins to transform us to be family to each other. It helps us break those dysfunctional cycles that we inherited. See, by grace, we can become like Him. That's the way it's supposed to be. We are called to be like Him. So over the next few weeks as we do this series... We're going to look at who we really are. And I want to, those of you who are our guests this morning, I want to invite you, please come back and be a part of this conversation with us. Because my prayer has been, as we start this, that you will discover who you really are and maybe for some of us for the very first time. And I mean even some of us who have been here for a really long time, you don't still know who you really are. And that everyone else among us, if we, we have at least a sense of who we are, that you're going to delve deeper into it. Because I think a lot of people think of themselves as religious, but their view of God is that He's this disconnected, detached, distant, distracted divinity, and He really doesn't care. My friends, our God is a personal God. God. And he wants a personal and an intimate relationship with each and every one of you. He is family. And he wants to be family with us. You will come to know who you really are. Only when you really know whose you are. My friends, every one of you, listen please. You are his. You are his. And what we're going to do in the next few weeks is dig deeper into the words that God uses to describe his relationship with us and our relationship with each other. And he uses family language, a cherished bride, beloved sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, this is not just a church way of talking to each other. Oh, my brothers and sisters, as if we're putting something on. This is not a simile. Those of you who know what a simile is, it's not what we're like. This is who we are. This is who we really are. This is us. I'd like to give you just a moment this morning to pray about this to open up your heart, ask God to even stretch your heart and let him speak his words into your heart so that you can see yourself the way that he really truly sees you. And I pray that you do that not just for this moment right now, but that in the weeks to come that he would speak into your heart so you can know that personal intimate relationship he wants to have with you.